0: This is Johnny Anderson for Hot Rods by Boyd podcast.
1: Recording from our headquarters in Old Town Orange, welcome to the Hot Rods by Boyd podcast. Welcome back. We are here once again, Old Town Orange, our headquarters of Hot Rods by Boyd. Chris, how you doing today? Doing really thing? good. Yeah. yeah, it's been a good day. You've been busy. have been real busy. But you're really excited about our next guest. Yes, You've been wanting to get this guy on for a while. We've been trying to
2: get you on for, for a while now, Johnny. Johnny Anderson, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm doing fine, thank you. Real good. So, Johnny, I'm going to jump right in it because I, I this is for my own curiosity. So, as a kid, um, I noticed that uh, my dad start, started hiring a lot of Swedish guys, right? So Yeah. yeah. So, let let's talk about... Before we get into you, the person, and, and, and you at the shop, what brought all the, you Swedish guys over to America? And how did that all happen? Because I remember uh, it started, the first Swedish guy I remember was Jarmo. Did it yeah, start with? Yeah, start with, it was. Well, go ahead, tell me.
0: Uh, I mean, the, in Sweden, there's a lot of uh, American cars that got imported from the United States. Uh, in the 70s, 80s, when the gas prices went up here or there was not enough gas here, so people got rid of the gas gusters. Okay. So a lot of guys in Sweden, that was a car, had their car interest, they went over and bought a lot of those nice, really nice cars up. So there was like a, a car culture back there. Myself, I was more into motorcycles, so I got into, I had a Harley Davidson back there, a shopper. So then, uh, a friend of mine, we came over here uh 78 or 80, I think it was, 1980. So we did a start in New York, drove cross-country out to L.A. So I had uh, some jobs set up with a a guy who I, uh, I kind of knew from Sweden, you know. So we were out there, worked a little bit in a machine shop, and then... Uh, uh, we had to go back to Sweden, and then we came back the following years to LA directly. And then, uh, when I was out here, I, I met Lars Johansson. Yes, some some uh, drag race, I think it was. And then uh, he has started working for for Boyd. So uh, um, so he was a car guy from Sweden, from Stockholm too. So he he uh, you know the, basically America was the promised land basically for people back there you know they you know they wouldn't try something different you know and then like in my case if i didn't like it there was an airplane ticket back and i was back in my grooves back there you know but now here was like a a challenge you know it's kind of new opportunities and and that kind of stuff you know i think that's basically why why people came over here a lot of them guys you know
2: yeah how old were you when you came over then
0: I think I was about 26,
2: 27 or so. Okay. How old are you now,
0: yeah. by the way? 65.
2: Are you really 65? Man, you look yep. good. You're doing yep. pretty good
0: for 65. Still, still, still alive.
2: <laughs> no, that's good. Yeah, yeah. so, um, yeah, because, you know, I mean, growing up in Southern California, I mean, you know, they, when they say America is a nation of immigrants, it truly is. And and I growing up in Southern California, especially in Orange County, uh, LA area, I mean, you see that everything from you know, the Hispanic community, you know, uh, the Asian community, and I mean, it just it just seemed like at one point I think most of the people at the shop were Swedish, right? I mean, there was like uh, five, yeah, uh, uh, five guys. I, I mean,
0: uh, yeah, there was like that uh, was me, Lars uh Carl on Andy, yep, and Fido
2: fido yeah Uh, and then and
0: then then there was like a couple of more guys came and
2: came and went you know yeah i mean uh, in between pele and then uh, thomas lodby eventually and then you know a lot of yeah yeah so i mean i guess i was a kid back then so i didn't i'm not i didn't i'm not asking the questions back then that i'm asking now you know like back then i was like oh that's what it is you know swedish guys are working here yeah yeah so you you yeah, were I mean, uh, so Lars was the first official Swedish employee, right? Yeah, um, and yeah. Then, and then
0: you, and I don't know really. I don't really know how he got in talk, touch with Boyd. I really don't know. Maybe it was told sometime, but not, I I don't really know remember how it how it happened. You know. Yeah, and, but and in, was, in my case, I, I I I met Lars, you know, and then uh, you know I like cars and stuff. So then uh, it was. Uh, kind of cool to go over to your dad's, you know, in the, in the park behind the house there to see what that did, you know? So yeah. I was coming over here and there, you know, so that's how I got in touch with boy too, you know?
2: Well, and you know, most of your career, I've known you as a machinist, right? And were you, were you trained originally on, on machines or did you just, do something you picked up along the way?
0: No, I, I went to a school in Sweden for machining, you know, Oh, so nice. I worked in a, in a, in a shop back there in a, in a, in a Bridgeport type machine, you know, for production. Yeah. So that's what I kind of learned, and uh, you know, so, so like and mills, manual stuff. You know, that was how I started. Yeah.
2: So and then you you started out at the with my dad back behind my mom's house in the original hot rod shop. Yeah, yeah. And just just yeah, a, just yeah. a few a few months before you you guys moved over to Stanton.
0: Yeah, yeah, I. uh what I did, I, uh, uh, my boy found out that I was a machinist, you know, and then they needed some kind of, that was something that was going to, some bushings or whatever he had me do first, you know, so I did that for him on the lathe, And then uh, um, there was something else, I don't remember what now what it was, you know, but, okay, can you can you do this, you know? And, I mean, with the head, your dad, it was no print, no nothing. It was just basically... Okay, I want something like this, gonna fit here and uh, look good. Uh, that was basically the guidelines, you know. So, anyway, I guess I did it. And then, uh, I, I, my my friend Lars told me later, you know, hey, hey, Lars, this boy said, I think we got something here, you know, with, with for like me, then, you know. Yeah. So, then, uh, so he was happy with what I did then, you know, and then, uh, uh I the pre, the job I had at the time, I they helped me make, get my green card, so I went home to Sweden to to pick it up, and I got it at my birthday. I remember, and then I came back. I worked two two more weeks from that job, and then I quit and started working for your, your for your dad because he offered me a job. Yeah, and then I then I was basically at the time he worked. He had moved into to to, uh, to Staten. And then chop it to put up
2: there on Monroe, yeah.
0: On Monroe, yeah.
2: And there's an interesting story about how he was able to to finance that, right? Because this is what eighty. Yeah. F- this is what started, uh, eighty five, eighty six.
0: I thought of the eighty-eight March, 85. Eighty five.
2: Okay, so yeah, yeah. eighty five. Yeah, yeah. So, so for those of you, uh, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't even know if it was it was across the country, but there was a pyramid schemes that were going around and what it was was these parties where people would, you know, you've heard of Ponzi schemes and pyramid schemes, but it was like a, kind of like a gambling group. Like people would put, put in money and you'd bring other people to put in money. If you brought enough people to you'd get paid out at the top, you know? And I think exactly there, that was going around. And I think guys like my dad and a you know, little John and, and these other guys, they were all at the forefront of this and gathering all these people. And, you know, those things eventually fizzle out, and there's losers in the deal. But um, if you remember, yeah. they, they those,
0: were – go ahead. Yeah, those guys who came in, uh, you know, if you got in in the bottom and it was running a while, you know, yeah. then it, it, it adds up first in the top, you know. So, yeah, if you don't go around, then you lose money. But if you – like your dad, he went through – a few times i think
2: yeah because you so know, he, like, he, he made
0: he made out he, he made that good
2: yeah so what the the deal is like let's say the buy-in's a thousand bucks i mean i, I and i could be getting this wrong so I'm, I'm i was a kid at the time you you, you bring in a thousand bucks but then the more people you bring in to bring a thousand bucks and by the time you get to the top of the pyramid you know you get paid out like 30 40 50 grand right and then something like that yeah, yeah something like you get paid out and then you just keep bringing people in and then you eventually get paid out but eventually they fizzle out and someone Loses, but do you you yep. remember when you remember when the shop was raided? Were you there? Yeah. Uh,
0: no, I I wasn't there, but uh, yeah, that was like.
2: Uh, <laughs> it it made was the like news. A, it, it, yes. it, it it was on the yeah, news. Yeah, yeah, it was the shop. Yeah. I remember, and and there's you know there's funny stories about that, because um, the who's who of the wheel and hot rod industry were there.
1: They were all in on it? All, they're they're,
2: they're, like, there are stories. I remember, I remember uh, Little John telling a story about how OJ Simpson was at one of these uh, parties.
1: The juice wanted a piece of the action. The juice, the (laughs) juice wanted some juice.
2: So, yeah, no, it it was crazy. I mean, there are stories of, uh, um, you know, I'm not going to mention any names because some of these people are still alive, but, you know, the cops raided this thing and then somebody uh, took a leak and one of the cops, motorcycle cops helmets, Uh, you know, someone, someone got real nervous and shoved 20 grand in cash in the back of a roadster. Uh, you know, just, just, it was on the news. I remember being at home and someone calling going, uh, Hey Diane, uh, you see Boyd's on the news right now. And, uh, yeah, it kind of, nothing really happened with that. deal. This was was like 86. This would have been 85, 86. So how old you were still like, I was like 10 or 11 or 12. Yeah. You know at that time, but yeah so uh uh the pyramid schemes a lot uh, pyramid schemes uh financed a lot of stuff you know yeah but uh yeah
0: so, no. you know, so so like I was there when we moved into that shop, so they were painting it up and moving machines in and all that stuff so I mean that's a, was the start of an era there you know for sure
2: for sure so you um i mean once once the shop hit Stanton. You know, um, it just seemed like that just ended up being the mecca of of just hot rodding and and just what was what was about to happen there from you know eighty five eighty six going forward. It's just a lot of magic happened there. You know, a lot of magic. Yeah. And and you know, yeah. so you you focused on the machining side of things. Um, and I remember, I remember the, the 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 machine room was right there next to the office. Right when you walked yep. out of the office, yep. you made the first right. And what do you have in there? A couple of bridge ports and a lathe.
0: Uh, yeah, that was pretty much it. And Some you know stone tables and stuff like that, you know.
2: Yeah, with the granite surfaces. And surface then parts
0: uh, and, yeah. you know, next on the other on the other side of the wall was the chassis room, so we had bandsaws and chassis tables there, you know. That's So realistic. it was kind of cool setup for because you know I did a lot of the chassis parts, you know, for you know whatever needed, you know, yeah.
2: Well, there's a there's a uh Dwayne took a picture and I'll post it, but it was a bunch of billet stuff that you machined, and it was on the table, uh, before and it went to get anodized. It got all, it got anodized purple. You remember that? It was like yeah, I think it was yeah. on a coupe, a three window. Um,
0: uh, I was the guy who did the chassis only. Uh, we was, did it for a guy in in Canada? Oh, okay. Cause, uh, that was,
1: go
2: ahead.
0: Yeah, there was not just me. There was Carl, Carl uh, Jonas on tune. Him and I, we did a bunch of stuff.
2: Okay, because how how now? You know that was before CNC, correct?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. So, so oh I, well, I mean they 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 had some CNC, but the boy didn't have no.
2: Though. But but I mean, you guys did that all on conventional mills and lathes. So how yeah. how long yeah. did that take you? Just it to just roughly how long did that take you to produce all those parts?
0: Probably, you know, a couple of months, maybe, you know, and that's something or, or that... more, I, that's I, 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 hard to tell, you know, because we had to do, make the parts first, and then it had to be a, uh, anodized, and yep. then we had to go in, there was a lot of pockets, so we had to get a machine out the pockets, and then we had to go in, so we had to get this uh, swirl stuff inside them, too, you know, so there was like oh, a yeah. of, lot of time involved, you know, Yeah. yeah. so that's, yeah.
2: No, that that stuff's amazing. And and there's a cool picture of all those parts laid out on the table before they went to the anodizer and then after they came back from the anodizer. It's kind of a cool picture. I'll share that picture with everybody because that's totally cool. Yeah, but, I mean, that's... And then as you get in the CNC machine, now that's something that instead of taking two, three months, now you can, you know, you can knock that out in two, three weeks if you need to, you know? Yeah. But... um, The thing
0: is also, you know, like there there wasn't like... uh, we had to kind of get a, make a some kind of sketch or test and test fit machine, test fit, you know, depending what it was for, you know. So I mean, it was like uh, it took it took some time, you know. So there was like, you know, those guys who can afford it, that was a super cool job, you know, that because it was challenging, and uh, and boy, it was fun to work. So there was like, a lot lot of fun in the shop there, you know, and it was kind of we did nice stuff, you know. So like. It was so you can be proud to be there. You know, it was you know a cool place to work for sure.
2: Yeah, and it's it's something that I was young at the time. I think uh, you know uh, I definitely uh, really really appreciate it all now, especially having these conversations with guys like you. So you can kind of fill in all the small details. You know that that I was too young to even pick up on. You know or appreciate. My my, my memories revolve around the uh, the lunch room, uh, the lunchtime in the in the lunch room there. And the uh, the Swedish pornos in the bathroom. Yeah, we've heard That's a lot like, about uh, a lot of yeah, legendary tales yeah. about that. Why is you know why is Gregory in the bathroom for so long? What's going on uh. over there? <laughs> so, no, that that was cool growing up. But so when when okay when did the CNC thing come into play? Was it was it I think was the CNC thing more driven by the wheels? Or was um, it? Or is it just all uh, around? Or wait, is it wait, just, wait, just it, like, hey, this is coming down. We gotta figure this out. What
0: what, what happened in my case? Uh, I've been probably f- I don't know three four years at least, or some of that, you know, doing the kind of ma- manual machining, you know. Yeah. For boys, and so we did, you know, a arms for chassis, Corvette rear covers, and all the dash and valve covers, and all oil pans and stuff, you know, manually. So anyway, what he came and asked, so basically, okay, do you have a wish list? What do you want to do or get or what do you want to advance to, you know? So then there was like more or less, you know, CNC mail, you know, because that was coming, you know? So, uh, okay, he said, you know, and then uh, he, two weeks later, told me, okay, you got to go down to uh, uh, Doug Upton in, uh, I think it was Newport Beach or Costa Mesa, maybe. He had like a machine shop down there, so he he was going to teach us the the codes for the machine and the, how they kind of basically work, you know? So, uh, I did that. And there was some other people there too, you know? And, uh, so then uh, another couple of weeks, uh, a machine showed up in the, in the next door buildings. He had purchases or leased or whatever, you know? So then uh, we set up there and uh, that was at the time, John, Butera, he was working for, uh, uh, Hawks. Uh, I think I you know. I don't know which company it was, but they did Hawk Hawks Race Motors. Okay. So anyway, so there was uh, what he he wanted me to do first. There was like uh, 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 the caps for the crank. There was stainless steel investment castings, harder than crap. Wow. So then here, uh, so some other guy uh, did some had done some fixtures. So uh, I tried to get it in the machine, but it was too big, so then I just cut it in half, and then uh, so I was learning of you know, the the worst material you almost can machine you know try to get it and uh, so it was kind of fairly simple what I did at the time, what I do could do later, you know but so I anyway, know so we, I got those things dialed in after a while, you know it took probably a couple of weeks or so you know until John Matera was happy yeah so then the, so that's what we started with from in my case and then the, uh, uh, so that's how I got into CNC mills and then it, uh, uh, that was basically in the, at the time John quit that place I think and then he started his got some all, his own machines, CNC's yep. and that's the, what I, later on he built those uh, custom Harley-Davidson a lot of build his own motor and all that kind of stuff so, uh, uh, and John, he was basically to do fifty or seventy sets of this stuff. But then he was tired. That was that was enough for him. So then I guess him and Boyd came up with ideas. So Boyd was gonna mass produce a lot of this stuff more. And then I was started working with John Batira to do that stuff, you know. So then 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 I just got into billet wheels. All that kind of stuff, you know.
2: Yeah, because the billet wheels were going on. Because I, I remember I have a picture of back at the shop um, in Orange Avenue behind the house there. And it looks like there was uh, components, you know, the, the, the centers. And then there was the rim shells yeah. and stuff. So were, were those, those original ones, I mean, did you have somebody else doing those at the time? Or were those all done on just conventional mill and lathe?
0: Uh, no, those were done in, on the CNC late. Okay. So I, I mean, I think, uh, you know, he, uh, Bolt's, he started pretty early with the, the billet wheels. Uh, that was in Jarmo's old paint shop, you know?
2: Okay. Was that uh, all on, off electric? In,
0: in, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. of electric. Yeah. Of
2: electric Avenue.
0: So that, that was some, uh, I think they did some there. And then how John did them, they, they, uh, s- s- put them together, heat heated up. Oh well, they did a hoop.
2: Well the original uh, original ones it, were but, the original ones were, were bolted a three piece. Yeah, because the uh
0: yeah, yeah. But the motorcycle wheels they uh machined the the rim so it was like a kind of like a keyway in the center. Okay. And then they did a did the wheel center um with the opposite key, and then they heated up the hoop. And then they soldered them together. That's how John did them. Wow! But they 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 also when they got three spokes or some of that they they worked so badly.
2: Yeah, they turned into a so triangle, they, right? But they,
0: they 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 didn't come out very good, you know. So they they fought that a lot, you know. Yeah. So then they 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 changed their attack how to do it, you know. So then they they welded them instead of they. So they they there was a lot of R and D involved in that stuff until they can get. A good production runs on this So they didn't waste a bunch of wheels, you know
2: Well, and Yeah That was So, so You, did you You, you basically I'm just trying to go Go with the wheel route Because at, By the time I went to Electric Avenue Like you just said That's, that's when the wheels Kind of moved there That's when the Boyd's Boyd's wheels went It went from being Hot, rod, hot Rods by Boyd Wheels to, to Boyd's wheels was its own entity At that point
0: Yeah yeah, I think so. Yeah,
2: but you kind of always still yeah. stayed. You 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 really stayed on the hot rod side of things at that point, right? uh or did you? do... Did uh,
0: yeah, I did you know? Like say what what happened? You know, let's say when the we did the the, uh, the billet wheels, we did that a lot of that stuff, and then we did the the motorcycle pulleys and the accessories for Harley Davidson too. So, uh, so there was kind of a lot of uh, with the Johns ideas we kind of refined it a little bit to make it fit bore bolt on not so specialized as john did so that was like jesse james was there and uh john vatera and then, yeah well that uh, some was the yeah, motorcycle that, guys
2: well that yeah that was later later on though like in the mid in, in the mid 90s is when those yeah that was around, but I mean, let's go back back yeah. to like the the late '80s when the CNCs thing started coming on. Because I remember, you know, there was what a, a, a lathe and a couple mills over there um, on Electric Avenue. It CNC. Yeah, I think Disney. that's what it was. Because yeah. that's yeah. when you know that's when, um, uh, and I don't know if we'll ever have him on the show, but Alan Budnick, my dad, got brought Alan Budnick out here from Texas. And he was the one basically running the wheel side of things, yeah,
0: and doing uh, that's how he was,
2: yeah, yeah, doing that in the programming, and then he he was here and whatever happened, maybe we'll get the story down the road, but he he left and started his own own thing, but that's I mean, was there a was there a moment that whether you yourself or my dad just said, okay, no, the future of this is CNC because the repeatability of it, right? And just being able to mass oh, yeah. produce something, because like like we, I use oh. the example of those parts you made, and I I see them on the on the shelf, and then they go to anodize, and it's like that that represents like a lot of work, you know, whether it's two three months, you know. But if you had to do it again, it would probably maybe take you just a little bit less, but still take you a lot of time. But when oh, you have of course yeah, when you have CNC, once you dial it in, you have the program in and everything. Boom, it's just a matter of setting up machine up, putting the material in and running another part. And then you can run if you run one one part, you run 100 parts.
0: Exactly. Yeah, that's how it works, you know. So Yeah.
2: yeah and I mean people oh. people what my dad I think really needs to get credit for in my mind is, you know, um he really brought the made-to-order wheel business out there. There were custom wheels out there, but they were still mass produced. You know? There were Yeah. Custom five spoke wheels and stuff, but then they made hundreds of them, thousands of them. You know, he, he really brought. Yeah, program. You,
0: you know, the, you're you, you, there. was you. Some guys want to have some their own ideas. You know, so he they can just do personal designed wheels, and it cost you them a penny. You know, but they, he he did it for them. You know.
2: Yeah, and, and it, it took
0: and, you know some time to do, but I, I, if they wanted
2: it, they could have it. Well, and the thing with CNC, you have the program. So if the guy says. Well, I bought that one set, I want two more sets. No problem. It's easy mm-hmm. for you just to, you know, reproduce it now, you know. And I think that's why yeah. we, even even looking at now just how far it's come, we still that's kind of like, you know, a lot of people for the longest time people go, "Oh, you want something special." Oh, and they they try to gouge people on pricing. Uh now it's just part of the equation, how much is it going to cost the program? Here it is. This is it, you know. Um it's, you know, I don't know. We take it, we take a lot of it for granted now, but it, it's come a long way.
0: Oh yeah, I mean the, the the programming. If you're a good programmer, you can do it pretty quick too, because there's so, such a good programs and you know how you know if you know the system or the the CAD program and all that stuff, you can whip it out pretty fast, you know, too. So yeah, it's has it has it, 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 it evolved since since that when I started CAD program started then you know to what it is now there's a it's a huge difference you know.
2: Right. Yeah. What 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 do you remember what um, were, were you working at IBM or was it Mac? I remember little Macs what? being at the shop.
0: Yeah there was a, or, or a CAD it was what a, a Mac Mac computers.
2: AuraCAD. CAD. Yeah. Yeah I remember yeah. okay I remember like, that. And you know what I still yeah, I 12. still have. I, I in my garage I have stashed away I have a couple original Macintoshes, like one of first and second generation wow. Macintoshes. Yeah. If anybody's yeah. listening and like has the... a a copy of AuraCAD for a early Mac, send it to me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it'd be kind of cool just to kind of have some kicks with it. You know.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: It, it yeah. that so yeah you I mean, and that's why it's you you know. It, we're, I'm excited to talk to you about this cuz you know you were there from you were there from when this stuff came onto the scene, you know? I mean, conventional yeah. mills, lays, you 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 were trained in this stuff and then all of a sudden someone's like, "Hey, now we're going to teach you to to put this into a computer and the computer's going to tell the machine what to do." And, exactly. So and, and so. a little bit more uh, computers are a little bit more consistent and accurate than humans, would you say? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, the biggest problem is. I mean, there
0: was a, good, a good, there was a good learning theory for me too, you know, that because it was new and exciting and you know it was cool, uh, fun fun stuff to machine, you know. There was mostly aluminum too, so it was easy to to machine also, you know. So plus, I mean, uh, what what it was going into was cool too, you know. So.
2: Yeah, that's um, yeah, because then. Um, because I mean, before that, I mean, it was all like tracer lathes, right? That was the hot, the hot thing, right? (laughs) For how long, you know, how many wheels? I've seen so many pictures of old one piece cast wheels, you know, all being turned on tracer lathes. Um, yeah, you know, not the most accurate of machines, but I mean, how many wheels were produced on tracer lathes? You know, tons, yeah, almost, yeah, right, yeah, but it it was, yeah,
0: I, 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 I. I haven't seen that stuff, you know. But uh, yeah, that's probably how they do it. Did it at the time, you know? That's what they had. That's uh, what, early, early days, you
2: know. Yeah, cl- close enough for hot rodding. I guess back then, right? You know. Yeah. But it's. Yeah. You know uh, what, what? Do you what? what? Are your thoughts on things that are happening now, like three D printing and stuff like that? You know, you think that's like the next generation uh, of where where CNC was at in the eighties.
0: Uh, I mean. To me, it's like you know. They're, they're now they say they can do this in material who's uh, as strong as a billet or or forged or whatever. You know, yep. but that's kind of a, sounds a really little iffy to me. You know, but I mean, the thing is, uh, they can do this printing stuff so intricate designs, which you can you can hardly machine. You know.
2: Yeah. And, so that's
0: and, that that's really one advan one advantage with it, the printing. You know.
2: Yeah we, we, so, yeah, we talked take- about that earlier today. Uh, there There's a guy that, that did, built some mo- uh, mo- uh, motorcycle, and he built a rear swing arm with that laser metal, metal centering. And and, uh-huh. and I was talking to Mike Curtis about it. Mike Curtis was like, yeah, check it out. Look, it's pretty trick. He's like, because you could never machine that that way. And, exactly. You know, now uh, I've seen there's certain videos where people build guns that way with the metal, and they fire a few hundred rounds out of it no problem so i don't know i'm sure as things get uh, progress the technology will get better you know yeah yeah so i you,
0: mean i now, now now so far i think it's a little sketchy but i wouldn't trust it too much but i mean <laughs> they as they learn and how to do it better it probably could be uh, what's coming you know
2: yeah you're, you're probably not gonna uh, build an airplane and flying it anytime soon right with that stuff but no i
0: don't i i i doubt it i wouldn't fly in it
2: <laughs> <laughs> What what were uh let's talk about some of the funnier moments or exciting moments that because uh, i mean you were there for a long time so you you saw like things like Cadzilla, Shazoom. um you know i mean was is there anything you know that sticks out in your mind it was like when you sat back and just were like wow this is this is pretty cool
0: i mean uh the cazilla was cool the car you know like i mean the the when what the car came in like a stock the whatever m- model year they started using you know
1: yeah
2: and
0: then they just cut, cut it to crap and then uh what i ended up in the end you know it was like like what craig neff did you know, to that body you know and how much he, uh sculptured it up with new metal and, and what, how, you know, what he used, you know, I mean, that was pretty cool, you know, and, you know, we, me and Carl, we did a lot of machining for the interior or hubcaps and, you know, whatever needed to be, you know, but, uh, one of the more, more funner stuff was also me and Larry a J F with uh, the, um uh, uh, some of the chassis, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, so like, uh, what it call now, uh so I mean there was like a lot of lot of cool stuff, you know we did uh um, so uh but I mean Katsila was i it, it's I have a hard time to remember and in particular, but like the Katsila, that was like what probably one of the the favorites yeah of the cars came out, you know, and you know that was so what so like it what's cool about the most of the cars you know they that took a, lo- a long time to build them but they when they were done they were really good cars you know you can just go take yeah. off have across the country with those cars you know
1: yeah we're talking so they, about they, how they were, the they
0: were builds. well yeah you know they, they were well built you know
1: yeah.
2: well and and you know what i think uh i it started oh. you know uh, and who knows who started uh Saying, but you know, my dad was catching some flack, like, "Oh, these are tra- trailer queens," or this and that. And so, I think the first car my dad tried to take cross country was the Aluma Coupe, maybe. And yeah, I think so. Yeah, and then and then I remember him hitting me up. One of my more more memorable trips with my dad. He says, "Hey, I think it was like short notice." He's like, "Hey, what are you doing next week?" I was, I had just graduated. Was I just graduated, or was my junior? I I, I, can, I can never remember this, but. He, I go. Well, what's up? He goes. Well, I want to drive Shazoom from here to Indy. Good guys, Indy. I want you to go, and uh, Gray Baskerville and Bob Bowder are going to follow us. And I, and because they had to take a trailer back east. And I said, sounds good to me. Right one of the one of the yeah. greatest trips of my life. You know, I mean, anybody that knew Bob Bowder and Gray Baskerville, two two wild and crazy guys. You know, you know. <laughs> not like Steve Allen wild and crazy but but better than that and it was cra- it was a fun fun trip and but yeah uh, you know we had a couple small issues with Shizum, but totally minor uh for a car that was totally hand built custom built and then put on the with I mean even back then I think those those tires were like prototype tires you know um they weren't even production most tires likely. Right, so so you're you're doing your shakedown run across the United States in this car, and I remember we had just, yeah yeah right. So we had just a couple couple small issues, and it was nothing major. And we stopped at every super shops along the way and had an open house, and uh, that was cool. That was that was definitely fun. You know, I mean, just, yeah. just being a being a part of that. Now I I I totally appreciate it you know, um, now as I'm older and it's like, um, especially with, with I'm around machining all day, every day. And every part of what I do is machining, but I still, that's one, one thing I've never learned is the programming. And I, and I know very little on machining. I can be, I'll be honest with you. I can, I can cut rim shells out and I can cut welds out and I can do that stuff. But, but I really like the guys like yourself, Johnny, that, that, uh, you know, you can get on a, conventional mill or lathe and knock something out and then you can also get behind a computer and program it too, you know, that's amazing
0: Yeah, I mean how I, how I got into this machining you know, uh, you, if you know how to do it in a, in a manual machine and then you go over to CNC mills that was a good base for me because a lot of guys knew uh, the guys comes out of machine shop or schools now, you know they, they can program really good but they don't know how to hold part you know how to finish certain operations you know so that was really helpful for me because you can you know you figure out okay i got to start at this end to be able to hold it in the end to finish it
2: well that's that's really the 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 what separates just the average guy from the masters is it's really about how you hold that like in the mill. how are you going to hold the part right exactly how you going to finish this thing you know, and that's why like, yeah. I'm I'm over here. You know, I'm I'm just I'm in Thomas's old shop. uh I'm three doors down from Mike Curtis, and it's it's like. You know what? Just I, I I I'm in there multiple times a day, and he's got all kinds of cool projects going on. So it's like, just I'm like, what are you doing with that thing? This thing's like six feet long, and and he's like, oh, we're gonna machine a whole grill shell for this Impala. I'm like, what? Okay, and then. I'm just go, I'm going over there, and I'm watching every day, I'm watching, you know, and you just watch it progress, the next thing you know, here it is. It's finished. It's amazing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a, it's amazing. Yeah.
1: That's quite awesome. Oh, yeah. So
2: a... so now, um, I mean, what what is you're up in you in the Washington area, right?
0: Yeah, Oregon.
2: Oregon. Right now. I'm sorry. Oregon.
0: Yep, yeah. yep. Yeah.
2: That's right. Yeah, you're we just... moved up
0: here t- t- two years ago. We moved up here.
2: How do you liking that up there?
0: Oh, it's beautiful. We love, we love it. It's like it's kind of nice. We lived in Anaheim before, so I mean, it's a it. When I uh, working for the dad, you know, was not so bad with traffic and people and stuff. But it got a, it kind of more and more busy, and uh, we have got the grandkids up here too. You know, so that's what part of my me and my wife owning get out of California, basically, you know, and, you know, a little slower pace, you know.
1: Yeah, live the family life. So that, yeah, we, we, yeah, exactly. That's cool. Oregon's
2: a
0: good spot. I'm still riding motorcycles, you know, so there's super beautiful roads up here you know, to do that stuff. A oh, l- little
1: emptiness know, and solitude on, on the open roads up there, I'm sure, huh?
0: Oh, yeah, definitely, yeah.
2: What city are so, you in right now? A uh,
0: little city called lion it's like a twelve hundred people population
2: <laughs> <laughs> wow, and that's on east that's eastern eastern oregon right
0: yeah uh, like uh, twenty or uh, about fifty miles south east of salem
2: oh okay yeah yeah i just yeah, it, so. oregon's oregon's a pretty pretty i mean i like the pacific northwest you know yeah it's yeah so I, I went mean, there, there i it, went to good
0: yeah, the the weather is different, you know. I mean, but summertime is almost uh, California weather; it's not so super hot. But I mean, then we have more fall. We have the four seasons more, you know. So that's what's kind of been missing a lot of too, you know. So it's it's. I don't. I'm happy here, so I don't regret it. But you know, when I worked for, down there for your dad, that was there was a a cool period in my life too, you know, for sure.
2: Yeah, no, it was it's definitely fun. It's it's cool to like just talk and just reflect on stuff, you know? Because yeah. It was it was a cool it was it was a it definitely was a time where a lot of things were happening and it was like everyone's right in the middle of it but now we get a chance now as as we're older to kind of reflect on all that stuff you know I mean I was just a kid Mm -hmm. you know you guys were all adults
1: you kind of realizing the place in history of what everything that Boyd and Boyd helped accomplish through himself and all the people talented people they had working for him
2: for sure for sure you know um, yeah where, where my dad was was a classically trained machinist right he did his apprenticeship in in utah i mean i don't he never learned how to do a cnc machine but guess what he had guys like johnny yeah right that you were you were you were one of the first guys i mean that make that transition right from uh conventional machining to cnc machining
0: uh i think at the at the taste shop yeah
2: yeah I and, so and I, both, I mean pretty much you know you know and, and we've talked about it on other podcasts. It, it's kind of like you know. I mean, I, I'm I'm sure there was some other race shop or somebody else in the country that was making their own parts, right? Everyone had to make their own parts because this was an aftermarket stuff. But you know, especially the, when he brought like Chip in, you know, like he had Tom Taylor there. But when he brought Chip in and they started doing full full scale drawings and and clay models. And then they're doing, you know, like billet prototypes and stuff. That I mean, that was like that wasn't that wasn't happening in the industry, you know?
0: No, exactly. I mean, yeah. But I mean, that, that, that was like a really cool product. we did. We did the uh, uh, Dodge the Viper, and yes. uh, boy, he, he got in with the metal crafter, I think. So we, me and Larry Sergeyev we did the first chassis for the Viper. So that was like a prototype, and then they. So we just did the rolling chassis, uh, and then they took it down there to Metal and they finished it off. You know, but so that was a fun project too to do. Well,
2: that's kind of cool. And, and rem- know, not- remember that supercar, the Vector. Remember that? Remember? Uh, it, it was it was it was a exotic car called the Vector, and we did the first wheels on those things. It was a twisted wheel with like a big cover plate over the. Over the lugs.
0: Oh, okay. I, I don't. I wasn't involved in that. If, if you think.
2: if you Google it, ever Google vector, it, it was like a okay. It, it was something I don't even know how many they sold. I, I haven't even. Yeah, all I remember as a oh. kid. I, I I just remember as a kid it was on every poster at Spencer's Gifts, right? So it was like this. Uh, you know, it it, it 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 didn't have the name Lamborghini or Ferrari behind it, but it was like one of these prototype limited production cars but oh okay yeah there was a yeah. lot of cool stuff like that you know um and a lot of stuff yeah you know a lot, a lot of prototype stuff because i think it got to a point too where the hot rod shop was known for okay yeah we can you know the sky's the limit now what's your budget we can build it right
0: that's that pretty much if they you know that's like you uh, I, I listen to your uh talking with some other podcasts, you know, like um, a lot of his favorite stuff. He got a phone ringing. Oh, it's going to be, the, could be the big one.
2: Yeah. I was <laughs> it, it, the saying, you know, it could be, this is the big one. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, it's true because it's even now, even with me building wheels, people just go, uh, you know, they have some crazy ideas. And I said, well, what's your budget? Because we can make pretty much anything happen. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's going to exactly. cost you, you know, and, then you kind of sometimes guys have the money to do it and sometimes you got to reel them back down and go well you're gonna you're gonna end up here you know, it's gonna be, you know yeah yeah you know, right yeah
0: but i mean a lot a of, lot of the customers who came in there it was you know they're they were, they're they're kind of like the toy shop you know so they were like really a lot of the most of them were really nice and friendly and you know there was like had fun there you know and the. Uh, you know, like had their their dream built, basically. You know, so I mean, they were happier than crap. You know, when they took deliveries of these cars, you know, and just drove off and with the biggest smile on their face. You know, that was like pretty awesome to be involved in a lot of those builds. You know, when when you can see them leave and enjoy what we did for them. You know.
2: Yeah. No. There. There yeah. was. And and you know what? Um, and 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 it, what was cool to see was. Uh, and I think they were what Carl's. Photography, but Andy put it together into a slideshow.
0: Could be, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Andy worth worked. I he mostly put it together. I would think.
2: Yeah. yeah, I think he put it together, and dude, great. I mean, and you know what was cool about that slideshow was there, there, they covered a lot of cars that were, you know, for every Shazoom, there was like three or four cars that never got any coverage, right. I mean, or maybe maybe minimal because, you know, back then there was no social media, there was no internet, there yeah. was nothing like that. So it was like, the magazine could only put so much in
1: once a month or yeah, whatever and, it was, you know. So, um,
2: so there there it was cool to seeing it and you go, oh, I remember that. It was like a Porsche yeah. or a. Or a, a you know, a sprint car or something.
1: Yeah. Hey, Johnny, if you got any photos of, uh, some of these bills and some of the stuff you've worked on, uh, back in the day, we'd love to t- get our hands in them. We could, uh, show them off too.
0: Okay. Yeah. I got, I got some, I got to dig them out though, you know? Uh, so, but we mean we can talk about that later. So
2: yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, right on. Uh, yeah, no. Um, yeah, yeah it, it was, uh, definitely, definitely good times, uh, around the shop back then. Uh, it, well, what do you think about what? What's your thoughts on some of the stuff that's coming back right now, like some of the sport truck stuff? You know, because you were around then when they were, was, you know, they they were first lowering. Yeah, I
0: mean, uh, but, but like I say I I was li- listen to Keith Russell, you know, like what what was really popular was the Chevy trucks. Yeah, that did the uh, rearbooted the bumpers, you know, and then just sort of was smoothed front and rear, you know, that was huge at the time, you know, they did. That was like kind of bread and butter, yeah. You know, the, when they talked about there could be five projects, to, all running at the same time. You know, so they had like you know to, you know, figure out how to do it. You know, so that that was one part of it. Plus, then they did, did all those uh, ultra uh, race, you know, cars too. You know, like that is uh, uh, lightweight Chrysler's and all that stuff. To, to oh the, yeah. The 409s and whatever you know, they they uh, the, the few of those went through the shop you know for big bucks you know they boy bought them and fixed them up and sold them you know so there was a lot, lot of stuff going on, not just hot rods. And there oh, it was a lot. Of, it was a lot. Here, here 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 and there in between
2: you know. Yeah, and I remember there was a period of time where I think my dad got uh, commissioned to um, buy. A, I think I think what what was it? Disneyland was celebrating their. Thirtieth year, or something like that, and he had to buy a bunch of like fifty-seven Chevys or something. Remember that? He had to buy a bunch of yeah, the, and, and they just had to get, get them the, for a parade or something.
0: You know, it wasn't was, it was min, min, miniature cars, I think it
2: was. Well, the, well, the, there was that they did a they get a, a few Mickey Mouse uh, little miniature cars, but they had to like okay, I, I, I what I. I'm going off the top of my head but Disneyland was was some uh was was it 1956, 57 is Disneyland was created and I think it was 87 where they they my dad was like commissioned to buy like 30 of these things to celebrate 30 years and it was all 57 Chevys if I'm not mistaken. Oh okay. So there were all these things in all different shapes but they just had to make it through a parade at Disneyland or something like that. Now, there's all kinds of stuff going on sport trucks uh you know you talk about the little miniature cars uh you know you know then you got shazoom going on in the background you know um
0: yeah oh yeah that was like a, it was a busy shop for sure <laughs> right yeah. yeah
2: what was what, what yeah. what's some of your favorite moments uh, during that time
0: um I mean that was like I don't really have any you know, like when the, it was some kind of fun project, and it was not so. We have a little bit some, some time to do it. You know, so it was not, you know, hanging over you like a, a cloud. You know, you gotta finish it off. Certain time, time, You know, there it was not so much. Was I remember like a, it? It kind of had to take its time what it took. You know, instead yeah. of always oh, got it's got to be done certain date or so. You know, so there was like kind of. Because, you know, a lot of stuff, it was handmade, so you cannot really predict how long it was going to take. And a lot of time, it took longer than expected, you know, because that was just the nature of it, you know. So, I mean, uh, I, I enjoyed the, a lot of the, the machining I did, you know. And then, but the camaraderie was fun, too, you know. Like a lot of practical jokes down there. It was crazy <laughs>
1: sometimes, so. yeah.
2: no, but. there there was a lot, yeah. You know, I mean, Keith has yeah. got a ton, Keith has got tons of stories. You know, yeah. and yeah. I mean, you know, just I mean, uh, and, and and Lars uh, Johansson, who who recently passed away, rest in peace. Uh, uh, man, yeah. I, I just remember him being just the funniest guy. Just, just.
0: He, I I got I got a fun story about Lars and Dallas Stone.
2: Oh you yeah, know, yeah, Dallas yeah.
0: Stone when he when he came into to shop, he was looking for a, a job. You know. So he came into boy's office, like dark glasses and the blind blind man stick, you know, like yeah. they, and <laughs> he was looking like he, he was blind, you know, as so he walked into boy's office. And oh, so what are, you, what are you doing here? I'm looking for jobs for a painter's helper. <laughs> and Boyd else got quiet. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, so anyway, I guess he started talking and, you know, he just boy don't he they just joked you know yeah sorry so he, so he got a jo- uh, job you
2: know that's funny yeah dallas we, uh, I, I, I gotta look at that guy get him on here yeah because yeah he showed up with the the ray-bans and the uh and the blind man stick right looking for a job as a painter yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's funny dude yeah that's funny uh, and
0: uh, another and, uh, another thing too uh boyd had this huge snap-on toolbox yeah. So you know the paint shop was in the back of the of the hot rod shop. Yep. So um, Lars saw so Dallas was painter's helper. So he he was wrenching on something else. You know? So he was in and out of Boyd's toolbox. So Lars told me, "Why don't you roll out the toolbox? Where are you at? You know, you don't have to run back and forward so much. You know." So oh, you think you think it'll be okay? Oh yeah, I, 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 that's be sure for sure. So Boyd wasn't got it. Get pissed off or whatever. You know that's totally fine. Lars said, so he did that. He rolled the toolbox out to where he was sitting or working, and then Boyd came out and just exploded, <laughs> pissed off <laughs> as a mother.
2: Oh man, that's funny. <laughs> and
0: then uh, so, so then like Dallas said, oh you know Lars told me you know, so then Boyd called Lars up you know, and Lars you know how it could be he. Did, I don't know nothing about it. He just rolled it out. I, <laughs> I have nothing to do with it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, Lars is a great, a great guy. I remember. Um, uh, it, it, I remember. Uh, I, this is this was in the late '80s, maybe '90. Um, and I'm okay. So, for whatever reason, I had to come home with Lars from Pleasanton. Good guys. Okay and we're driving and we're driving down and uh driving down the 5 and we're talking and, and having a good time and Lars lets out a little gas if you will right and i i go oh jeez that smells so i he doesn't roll down his window i roll down my window and he starts laughing and i said why are you laughing he goes oh you never roll down your window he goes because that brings the fart right by your nose and i <laughs> I, I go Ah, so of course, you know, as I have kids now, you know, years ago, <laughs> yeah, I taught them, you know, when that happens in the car, the first person to roll down their window, don't do it cuz it's going to go right through past your nose. Thank you, Lars. <laughs> you know, thank you.
1: <laughs>
2: hey, let so let, let me talk about something cuz you know, I remember that and and maybe I mean, I'm assuming you were too, but I remember Lars was big into Pink Floyd and And it seemed like it seemed like, you know, obviously Pink Floyd's not an American band. But I mean, um, it just seemed like a lot of these Swedish guys, you know, you're into like just the rock and roll scene. I mean, were you into the Pink Floyd thing, too?
0: Uh yeah, I I don't think Lars was so much into it. There was like Larry Larry Sergeyev
2: There you go. And, okay. Uh, and,
0: and and I think it was a little bit, but yeah, I, mean, I was too. You know. Yeah. So uh, that was uh yeah.
2: It's it seems like I, like this this you you Swedish guys that were into the car culture. There it was a it was a car culture. It was a combination of just rock and roll music and American car culture. You know. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, uh, I agree with that. Yeah. Right um yeah yeah. no it it was it was kind of a cool time it was kind of like this hot rod biker thing and you know
1: it was just figuring out its way too. you know like yeah i mean uh you know boyd was a trendsetter and all this stuff was like he was the the shop the team was making it happen oh yeah and you know
2: all different all different cultures coming together (sighs) and it was like doing some New yeah. new shit,
1: right? I Bla- mean, blazing trails where there's no no trails. Like, yeah, yeah, that's analogy. Yeah. I idea. mean, he,
0: he was kind of he, he was an innovator of a lot of stuff, you know. Uh, yeah, how he, uh, he, uh, that, you know, he made 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 it happen, you
2: know. No, I mean, def- definitely a pioneer. I mean, uh, you know, but it, it's just it's good to get you guys like you in here and and hear these stories, you know, because yeah, you're, you're one of the original guys. You know?
0: Yeah, I was actually I had a seniority, so I think I started, you know, of the guys who was from the beginning to the end. I think I, that was me because I was back. There, I was working for until the bankruptcy, right? yeah. where they basically shut down everything, you know, when they got on the stock market and stuff. So I was back to was it ninety uh, to ninety eight, I guess. So thirteen years I worked
2: for him. Yeah, and and you're yeah. you're still working right now, right? Yeah, yeah. Are you uh, doing yeah. you doing CNC stuff? Yeah, it's
0: like in my, now it's
2: more aircraft stuff. Oh uh, right, for, on. Uh, you it's
0: know, a bit. yeah. So it's boor- boring stuff.
2: <laughs> boring stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. to spec, yeah. right? To spec. You know, that's cool though. Yeah. But you're having a good time. You're in a good spot in your life, right?
0: Yeah oh yeah i mean now it's just it's kind of you know trapping down and it's kind of enjoyable not to be stressed out every day with deadlines and stuff so it, it's it's kind of cool you know
2: and traffic yeah. right
0: yeah no more traffic well, yeah
2: you know i think that it, it living here in southern california you have to just be mentally prepared it's like you know i don't live that far away from from the shop but if i don't leave if I leave at six fifteen, I can make it here in thirty five minutes. If I leave at six thirty, it takes me forty five to an hour. You know, and it's just like you got to plan accordingly. You know, yeah, you know? yeah. But uh, yeah, you know, it's it's uh, where, where where you live at. It's a nice. This is a nice. Uh, I like it. I like Eastern Oregon.
0: Yeah, now it I takes me fifty miles, twenty five minutes. <laughs>
2: that's that's nice yeah and you're not honking anybody you're not flipping anybody off you know you're probably just like okay you know hey and and when you when you go uh and you don't have any sales tax right nope that's good too beautiful and then when you when you go to the gas station you don't have to pump your own gas they won't let you right Full full service they full full service you know what, uh, I, and I probably already told you this, but I, I took my family to visit a friend in Bend, Oregon over the over the holidays. And he said, I go, hey, I want to go get some beer. Let's go. F- oh, I got a couple growlers. Let's go fill it up. Okay. And he goes, we're going to go to a gas station. I said, no, no, no. I want good beer. Like He goes, oh, no, trust me. So we go to this gas station. and It's freezing outside. And the girl, I give her my credit card. She fills up my tank. I go inside to this gas station. There's 20-something taps of of local amazing beer on tap. No sales tax. And I just go, geez, maybe Bend is the spot when I retire. (laughs) Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Well, Johnny, you know what? Um, I think we're going to just wrap this up, but I appreciate you coming on, you know? No, no problem. It was enjoyable I, I, for me, too. So yeah, yeah, you know what? And and it, it, you know what? We'd love to have you on again because you know what happens is, I tell you what, every time we had Dennis Rickliffs on this morning, right? He came in and we had a great conversation with him. And then we were hanging out afterwards and he's talking about all kinds of stuff. I'm like, why didn't we talk about this on the podcast? So, you know what? I, I'd love to have you on again.
1: yeah yeah. um the next round will be some deeper stories i know uh this will jog your memory of some of the things that you probably kind of forgot about and hopefully uh you know this reminds you of some of those memories
2: yeah and and you know johnny i gotta say i gotta thank you seriously for being a part of of our life and being a, and you know what and you you were definitely an important part of my dad um i really appreciate all that you put into this and uh oh you're well, welcome yeah i i really thank you for sharing and i i wish you the best and uh have a great time up there in oregon maybe i'll come see you i'm gonna i'm gonna do another trip that was a good trip i need to come up there
0: sounds good yeah well, you're always welcome
2: all right well thank
1: you have have a good time and then uh
2: we are out
1: yeah well how sweet this was this podcast. Yeah. It was, yeah, uh... yeah. <laughs> dude, johnny uh, amazing guest dude thank you for your uh your your, your stories uh all the memories you've shared We look forward to having you again Uh, from Chris, from Johnny, from myself. This is Hot Rods by Boyd Podcast. Thank you guys for listening. We love you. It's been awesome, and we got way more stories coming up, so keep uh, tuning in, and we'll talk to you guys next time. See ya.